initially, Alex and I, we had a panic attack uh, backstage uh, about the Knicks taking Jang at 11. I would have literally just told you guys, like, I can't do the live stream tonight. But um, we're getting multiple first-round picks. I don't know what this is going to lead to, but I believe we got the 12th pick. Am I right, Alex? Uh, I, I think so. I don't know what the other picks are. Um, but I actually <sighs> like Jang. I, I mean, this would have been like a total like rebuild pick if they kept him. Um, yeah. So I think it. I think he fits well in, in OKC with their timeline, and I think that's an intriguing set of talented ball handlers and passers with Giddy and uh, SGA and Chat. Um, so you know that should be intriguing. But now we're at pick twelve, so now I guess the Knicks are technically on the clock, even though it says OKC. Um. <laughs> okay. First off, damn, that was a roller coaster of the last ten minutes, just because. I was so set on Johnny Davis at 11, and then he went a pick ahead of us, and then I started thinking of Steph Curry going a pick ahead of uh, the Knicks uh, back in the day. And then I saw the Knicks taking Usman Jang, and then I almost had a second panic attack. And then I see a trade. So a lot is going on, guys. A lot is going on. I don't know how I feel. I just feel nothing right now. Uh, so let's see what happens. Okay. Well, you know what, fellas? Before uh, we get into any more analysis, if there's a trade, do you know what that means? Well, Amazing. Corey, we don't pay. We don't pay you enough, Corey. It means there really was a don't. Woj bomb, is what it means. All right. So, Usman Jang was was the pick. Um, regardless of where he is headed, am I the highest on Usman here? I had him at eleven. So okay. So exact. He got picked exactly where where you had him. I, it seems as though you're, you're the highest on him, but I think he's one of those guys, you know, I, I was talking to uh, a, a, an executive in the league and he was like, if you're just looking at him purely from an analytical standpoint, you're going to watch draft with his yeah. feel in the pick and roll, the way that he can come off the screen, not, you know, play at his own pace, take a retreat dribble, see over the defense with his height, whip live dribble passes to the weak side corner, add in the fact that he could shoot the rock and create his own shot. He's one of those guys you have to just kind of buy into and be patient with. And if he's ultimately headed to OKC, and we'll clear that up when we get that uh, information, um, to me, that's an OKC kind of pick. And I like the skill, versatility, and length from from what they're doing tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think you mentioned the the playmaking. That was kind of the one thing that jumped out uh, with Jang's game to me on the tape, especially when you add in the fact that he's 6'10", can handle the rock, play in the pick and roll. Uh, You know, he did a really good job, even though that he is 6'10". He did pretty good, like, taking angles, getting low around screens to really cut the corner and drive the basketball as well. Uh, He definitely needs to add weight and strength and get tougher as a finisher. I think that's the the biggest thing that he needs to kind of add to his game to unlock his full potential. Uh, but defensively as well, he's pretty solid for, a, you know, 18 year old kid playing in the NBL last year, struggled pretty heavily in the, the first half of the season, but second half of the season, he was just a totally different player. Um, really gives you some nice defensive versatility as well. So OKC is going to have like a fun, another fun kind of weird team uh, next year. That should be pretty fun to watch. I, and I, I think, oh, sorry, according to Adrian Wojanowski, the Thunder still have the 12th pick. It is not part of the Knicks trade. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's 
I, I'm interested. They have a ton of draft capital to give up. Mm-hmm. And I guess if New York is not in love with any of the talent on the board. Uh... Well, well, maybe, maybe they're getting a what? future first and they're going to flip it for Jay Nivey. Maybe. Mm. Reading the tea leaves. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm stressed, okay. guys. So who else is going out with uh the future picks to land more, Ivy in this scenario? More picks. Um, maybe Obi. You know, they just traded uh Jeremy Grant, so they got an opening at the four. How do they feel about know. Taj Gibson? <laughs> he fits their timeline for sure. He's <laughs> hey, that's that's Oklahoma City Thunder legend Taj Gibson. <laughs> Nathan uh, is informing uh, us that the Ivy trade is still in play here, which wow. is interesting because people were so fascinated with the Jaden Ivy Cade Cunningham fit. Yeah, it he falls into their laps. Albert, they called us madmen for doing the wild card mock, and yet yeah. we were probably more accurate than any of uh, the expert mocks up until that point. What is that saying about uh, you know Jaden Ivy and and? Or more so, what is it saying about the Detroit Pistons' plan? I have no idea, man. I, I I'm curious. Like, so what is the potential Nick deal here, right? Um, what are they looking for from this Knicks roster that fits what they're trying to do, and why is Jaden Ivy not the better choice than whatever the Knicks have? I'm a little confused here. Uh, what could this be? Like the Knicks sending what 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 what, what would they be interested in? Randall? Probably not. Right. I mean, they just offloaded Jeremy Grant. So they want to go, oh, yeah, we don't want Jeremy Grant, but we'll take Julius Randle. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if I build my team that way, but interesting. I mean, and if that happens for the Knicks, leave it fun. to the pros. Second, second <laughs> team, all NBA, Julius Randle. Uh, Jeremy also, uh, also no. fights with your fans, Jeremy, uh, Julius Randle. So interesting. Oh, 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 the pick is in. The pick is in. So this is still Thunder, though. Mm-hmm, it is. Okay. Are, are and you, you guys got it right or i let it let him i feel like got, you should be breaking this one albert stream. i think i i think it's it's my guy jalen williams going number 12 to the oh, oklahoma city thunder okay a guy albert, that i just interviewed yes last week. tell me tell me about jalen williams what did you learn about jalen with uh your conversation with oh. the young guard a guy who i compared mm. to shea gilgis alexander yeah. No, the biggest thing that I learned from that conversation and just going over his tape and everything, an extremely cerebral player. Jalen Williams is a really smart player who's coming from a smaller school in Santa Clara, but he has everything that you're looking for in terms of a modern wing. Uh, and the thing that I love about Jalen Williams is he's a guy who can both play with the ball in his hands and he can play off ball as well. He's a great manipulator of the pick and roll, extremely patient, great handle, can shoot the ball, but also off ball as well. He's a, he, he moves really well. He can shoot off the catch. And then the biggest thing with him that I, I, I compared him a lot to Johnny Davis in this way is that he was asked to guard the best player on the opposing team every single night. He's a much better defender than I think people are giving him credit for. And so you take all that into consideration. And now the OKC Thunder with, SGA and Giddy and Usman Jang and Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams. This is an extremely fun roster that we're going to start thinking about certain, you know, uh, maybe they'll be moving up a level and maybe uh, 
be sniffing the playoffs in a couple of years. I, I, I really love what they've done so far. I'm curious to see what they gave up to the Knicks for that pick. But uh, Jalen Williams at 12 is a great pick. I was hoping – I even wrote it in, in my article about him. I would have been totally fine if the Knicks took him at 11. So to see him go 12 here to OKC makes a lot of sense to me. Alex, OKC is building a team full of versatile ball handling shot creators that could play make. I mean, Trey man, Josh Giddy, SGA, Chet, Usman Jang, Jalen Williams. Uh, what Poku Poku mania <laughs> might be alive and well, is this going to be something that uh, teams are going to try to mimic or, or is this, this is a copycat league. Do you see this blueprint working? I mean, I think it's going to take some time to iron out and see which guys are actually long-term fits on this roster. As you mentioned, they have a lot of guys who are long, athletic, can play, make, can shoot, can score, um, can defend as well. They were a pretty decent defensive team last year, actually. Um, and I think Chet will add to that. I think Jalen Williams is a pretty good defender. Ujman Jang, we mentioned the defense. Uh, so I think overall, they have a lot of intriguing pieces. And I think we'll just have to see where the chips fall and like who they keep long term, who kind of they trade away or, or let go after the rookie deals are up. Um, but I think they have enough kind of shots at, at, at like the high upside guys that you, you could figure out, keep three, four of them long term. And then you have a nice, you know, solid core of guys that all pretty much complement each other because they have similar skill sets, but they're all pretty versatile in their positioning. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a very interesting time in OKC. And I think they're yeah. you know going to be turning the corner probably in the next two or three years, uh, especially if SGA takes another leap forward. I, I mean, they are flush with what it seems like is rotation players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at some point they have to cash in on these picks. Um, so is there going to be a player? Because even if they're giving future picks to the Knicks, they still have a tremendous amount of draft capital. <laughs> Who do you? Is there a target out there, uh, Albert, that you see for them that fits their timeline and is going to be a good use of that draft capital to push them to that next level? Is it this year? Is it next year? I mean, uh, is Chet a guy that can come in year one and have the kind of impact that maybe makes them start thinking at the de- the deadline? Maybe we should make the move sooner rather than later. Mm. I, I think my biggest thing with this move um, and overall with what they're doing right now is I look, you, Corey, you mentioned it. They have a lot of assets. Right. And so I think a lot of the times when we start thinking about like teams that you know, we, we talk about it all the time with cap space, right? Teams that have a ton of cap space, we always go, hey, they've got cap space, they've got to spend it. Or this team has assets, they have to spend them. They got to do something about it. I think OKC, they're set up right now by drafting all these these really exciting young players. And now they're going to be in the driver's seat to go after whoever they want, whenever they want. You know, I don't think it has to be right now. I'm sure, I mean, we, we still have the whole summer ahead of us and then also during the season, as you mentioned, Corey, maybe at the trade deadline, there's somebody that they like. So I, I just think it's interesting that not only do they have all these trade, i uh, sorry, these uh, draft picks, but they also have all this young talent now where they're going to have a lot of options. And the OKC Thunder and Sam Presti and that front office, it looks like uh, they're playing the long game here maybe, and they're going to be really interesting to watch in the next couple of months. Corey, I think you might be on mute. 
Thank you. Uh, we still have no details on the specifics of the trade, but let's talk a little bit about what Charlotte might do at 13. Um, where, what direction do they head here? I mean, are they going big or uh, are they, both big men are on the board? Right. So are they going to play the game where they are taking the wing, hoping that Cleveland uh, doesn't take a big and get their big later on? Or do they just go safe and take their big now? I think you just, if if they want a big, I think you just take them now. Uh, I wouldn't get too cute trying to, you know, because you never know who's going to trade up if someone really likes Jalen Duran, for example. Um, and they could trade up a couple spots to get him with Cleveland. Um, I just wouldn't take that chance. If Jalen Duran or Mark Williams is their guy, I would just take him at 13. And then 15, there's still a lot of wings on the board that would be pretty intriguing, like Tari Eason, for example. I think it would be pretty good uh, you know, fit with Charlotte and Lamelo Ball and running up and down the court, especially if they if they take Duran at 13. So I, I would go big here, uh, and then 15, maybe take a swing on a wing. A.J. Griffin still on the board, too. So yeah, my, my guy, somebody who I think is uh, a major a major sleeper. It seems as though the pick is in. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are going to be uh, so taking Jalen Duran. But Corey, there's like we, we, going we on have, right have, now. Yeah. Oh, guys, do we have a bomb? So, so here's not the thing. Yet, so not yet, not yet. Shams Shams is reporting that the Hornets traded Duran to the Knicks, but then Woj is saying that the Pistons got Duran. So what the hell does that mean? So, so, so where is Jaden Ivy? Oh, <laughs> this is this is a whole thing right now, huh? So, <laughs> what in the hell so Jake, is going on? Jake Fisher saying the thirteenth pick may be rerouted to Detroit. So there's the Jalen oh, Durant. Okay. And so, then, crap. yeah, I don't know. J- so is there going to be an? Is this an Ivy situation? Jalen Duran is the pick at thirteen. We know that, but chaos has started to ensue. And of course, it started with the Knicks. <laughs> Alex, I I'm having trouble right now, dude. If we get Jay, if we get Jay Nivey, why are we in front of cameras right now? Yeah, I'm gonna oh, need to get. Did, a, I'm gonna watch. Get a beer. Everybody, keep their mouth. I know. Keep I, their cool. Oh, oh, here we go. I'm I'm freaking uh, out, guys. Look, I'm so right. sorry. Let's talk about what Jalen Duran brings to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, any of these teams, right? right? Jalen Duran, 18 years old, going to be mm-hmm. 18 years old as he plays his first game. Alex, um. Where do you rank him in comparison to the rest of the big men in the draft, including the guys at the top, and then back again with Mark Williams? Yeah, so if we're including the top three as like front court big men type guys, then he would be my fourth, I think, because I had him above Mark Williams, not that far above, but I had him, I think, right around this range, like 13, 14. Um, You know, crazy athletic, vertical athlete. Uh, NBA built body comes in, you know, at 18 years old, one of the chiseled guys in the NBA, which is pretty rare to find, uh, you know, six, 11, seven, five, seven, six wingspan, whatever it is. Um, really good shot blocker, really intriguing, like short roll passer. Um, he had some, some nice passing playmaking moments at Memphis. Uh, if he's going to Detroit, which seems to be the rumor, um, you know, I think that kind of takes them out of the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes. They were kind of a, you know, one of the favorites to maybe go after him given their cap space. Um, but I like I like his fit on that team with Cade uh, and, you know, Jaden Ivey. Knock on wood, yeah. maybe he'll be on the Knicks, so who knows? It might not matter. <laughs> um, but no, I just really think he's going to be, you know, at worst, he's, you know, <clears throat> a low-end starting center, you know, rim running, diving. And then 
you know, upside, I think he still has some upside, you know, defensive versatility and then some scoring upside as well. What, what does this mean for Isaiah Stewart? Uh, do we think that this is a guy that can play with Jalen Duran, or do we think that with a guy like Isaiah Stewart, he's a good role player in this league, yeah. but he's not a guy, this is the best player available. You can move off Isaiah Stewart and you just go and try to build off Duran and, and Cade here. Yeah. No, 100%. I, I agree, man. I think Duran is a great pick here for Detroit. Um, just because, I mean, you've got Cade in the building. So to, to match Duran, and Corey, something you talk about all the time is with Duran is he's 18 years old now. As you mentioned earlier in our stream, he should be going to prom, but instead he's at the NBA draft. So that's incredible, right? We talk about the youth, but beyond the youth too, like for those who, you know, doubted Jalen Duran, like me, if you watch the end of that season for Duran and how he progressed towards the tail of that season, tail end of that season, incredible, really, really great, you know? So uh, there's a lot of potential there. Obviously there's still a lot of moving parts. So rather than talking about fit, I think it makes sense that we just talk about the prospect, but even, you know, you know, Corey, you, we've mentioned before that, you know, he's got a little playmaking to him just a little bit, you know, hopefully this shooting comes around as well. Uh, but there, there's a good, there's some bones to it, right. Where potentially he could, you know, hit like a 12, 15 footer, no problem. We will see, but overall, like you have to kind of take, when we're talking about a team like Detroit that's so early in the rebuilding process, you you kind of have to take a swing on a guy like Duren um, b- because you've got Kate and you want to build around that guy with players that are around that, sorry, are within the same timeline as him. So I think it's a great move for them. But obviously, Alex and I are kind of on pins and needles right now to find out the details. Uh, it looks like Kemba Walker is is on the move. Yep. The Knicks have alleviated it, themselves from it. What? Also, guy, guys, guys, it looks like. Shams just tweeted, Knicks acquired Jalen Duran and moved him with Kemba Walker to the Pistons. What? That's what okay. Shams just tweeted. Oh, okay. So cool. Kemba Walker clearly raises the value of, a, of any trade <laughs> at this point of his career. So maybe that's just the trade for, for so, Jaden Ivey there. <laughs> so what does this mean for Mitch, Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks? Um, uh, resign him. I guess, right? No, the Knicks acquired Jalen Duren. But then it says and moved moved him with Kemba. Oh, 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 okay. I didn't read the second (laughs) half of the tweet. Sorry. Yeah, you're Uh, look, Knicks fans are in a a tizzy right now. Um, It's cool. It's it's, the hearts are are beating. The uh, I get it. I get it. But Duren and Walker to the Pistons. We don't know what's going back where. I know. Um, This is pure chaos trying to figure this out on the fly. This is why we love the NBA draft. I know. I know. Hey, with that being said, the 14th pick is in too. And it's Ochai. Look at that. It is Ochai Agbaji. The Pistons are sending the Hornets the 2025 first-round pick via Milwaukee in the Duren trade. Detroit got that pick from Portland in the Jeremy Grant deal. Let's talk about Ochai Agbaji to the Cleveland Cavaliers um, right now as uh, we move away until we get the details. But Ochai to the Cavs. I mean, Love for it. me, this is unbelievable. I, I've been yeah. eating the Ochai Agbaji drum because this is a guy who has proven that he is a winner, doesn't need the ball to be effective, and he now gets to play with a setup man like Darius Garland, uh, an elite passing big man like Evan Mobley. Alex, talk to me about Ochai to the Cavs right now. Yeah, I think this is a perfect fit, honestly. Uh, I was a little lower on Agbaji. I had him like around 20, 21. But 
totally get it. You know, Cleveland's now kind of a contender in the East and they're trying to make a push for win now. And I think he's going to play, you know, excellent off of Darius Garland and, you know, be that floor spacing two guard who can kind of guard one through three um, and kind of cover up Darius Garland's, you know, defensive inefficiencies on that end. So I think this is like a perfect plug and play starting two guard, uh, you know, getting him at 14, I think is great value. Uh, Albert, talk to me about Ochai. Oh, dude, for sure. I mean, Ochai is a guy who, I mean, we talk about this all the time. He's a winner. He just won the national championship. And it's good to get guys on your team and in the building that win games and win trophies. That's a good thing to add to your team. And uh, with Ochai, I love Ochai, man. He's a guy who really developed as a shooter, a guy who defensively from day one is going to be somebody that you can rely on. And on top of that, he's a freak athlete. Kansas was literally throwing lobs to this guy. And we're talking about, about a guy who's going to be like a 2-3 uh, for uh, for the Cavs. And so if you consider all that the Cavs have right now on their roster, they've got their little guards, they've got their giants, they needed something in the middle, and Ochai is something in the middle. And that's an awesome pick for them to grab Matt 14. It, I've said this before, even if Ochai went 11 to the Knicks, I would have been totally fine with him. I was really high on him. And he's a guy who's going to come in not that they need stability or anything, but he's just an adult. Again, once again, um, it's good to have adults in your building. And so I love this pick for Cleveland. Uh, what does this signify for Colin Sexton, for Isaac Okoro? Uh, is is this easier to move off of one of those guys now, Albert? Um, I don't know. I was actually thinking, like, why not play them all together, too? Um, I, I could see that as a possibility as well. We look at the NBA right now and we look at all the top teams and they've got wings for days. You know, look at the Celtics, right? Look at the, look at the Warriors. Even look at teams like the Clippers, right? The Phoenix Suns. It's not a bad thing to have multiple wings and to have a lot of them. And so to, I, I don't really see him as a direct uh, replacement for either one of those guys. I think he's another asset to add to what they already have. But although, I mean, if they move off them, I'll understand that too. But I like to see him play with those guys because I like having a lot of wings. wings having a lot of wings in the modern NBA is, is, good. is a good problem to have. Uh, Alex, year after year, we see guys like Ochai Agbaji who win national championships, who fit the archetype of the modern NBA, um, not necessarily go super late. I think NBA teams typically value them, but they're not really classified as the sexy pick necessarily every year. But, you know, you see guys like Mikhail Bridges. He didn't help the Suns win right away, but you saw when the pieces started forming around him, how valuable he became. Is that the kind of impact that the Cavs are hoping Ochai Agbaji brings to their organization? Yeah, I think so. As Albert was mentioned, he's a winner. So from just a, a locker room standpoint, I think he'll bring kind of a sense of uh, just a winning mentality. And he's coming in, I think he's 22 years old. So kind of that veteran leadership coming in as a rookie, uh, you know, adding to this, you know, defensive unit that was, you know, took a really big step forward last year. Agbaji can, you know, bring that along. I think he's just a, a nice plug and play kind of starting level, six man level guy. And on a team like the Cavaliers that, you know, should have, you know, probably made the playoffs last year. They just missed it. They were in the play in and got eliminated. But I think they're on the rise. And I think he fits in seamlessly with what they're trying to do, uh, both offensively and defensively. So alongside Garland, I think you got your guy at the two uh, long term. And then you mentioned Okoro. I think he could play with Okoro, just given that he could flip space the floor. Okoro is not the best shooter, but he's another solid defender. 
And then Colin Sexton, I don't really know what his market is going to be in free agency. Like if they can get him back for cheap and, you know, maybe have him just run the second unit, I think that could totally work and then play alongside Baji as well in the second unit. Fellas, it appears that Jaden Ivey is staying in Detroit. It appears that Troy Weaver has landed both Jaden <sighs> Ivey and Jalen Duran. The cost only a future first round pick. Uh, details, it seems, are still coming out beyond that. But the Knicks, uh, it doesn't seem like, are going to get their man, the, the guy that most Knicks fans were coveted. Um, this hmm. seems like a major tease for the Knicks fan base. How are we feeling guys? I don't, I don't even know how. (laughs) So what happened with Kemba Walker? Like what, how did the Knicks acquire Jalen Duran and then trade him with Kemba Walker? Um, Because they had to trade with Charlotte, right? How did that trade go down? Um, Uh, We're still, we still (laughs) have all of the details. And Mark Williams just got picked. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, uh, Mark Williams uh, has been selected by the Charlotte Hornets. He stays in the Carolinas, um, and the Charlotte Hornets get their big man. Uh, Albert, talk to me about Mark Williams and the kind of impact that he could have in the NBA uh, as you are distraught over this uh, potential mixed news. So congrats to all the other NBA teams who are walking away with uh, players and uh, good players. Uh, congrats to you guys. Uh, the Knicks obviously are not interested in any of that. And we're looking for cap space to do uh, who knows what. Uh, but let's talk about Mark Williams because Mark Williams is good. Um, let me focus here. Mark Williams is awesome. Uh, he's a giant human being who instead of arms, he's got ladders. Uh, he's going to be a really fun watch for Charlotte who... Uh, they've been kind of toiling with uh, Mason Plumley, who uh, is not very good at basketball. So adding a guy like Mark Williams is going to be phenomenal for them. He's going to be a nice lob threat for LaMelo. He's going to be the anchor uh, for, the, for them defensively. They have been a very good defensive team. So adding Mark Williams to that picture is fantastic. He's got a really cool uh, blue suit on that I want to give him credit for. It looks clean, looks cool. But uh, no, the biggest thing with Mark Williams that I like a lot is obviously the length is the length, the size is the size. But I think he moves well laterally as well for that size. Um, people think he's going to be able to shoot threes. I'm not as optimistic there. But um, I mean, teams are allowed to believe, right? Unless you're the Knicks. So uh, congrats to the Hornets and Mark Williams. <laughs> I love the fit for, for Charlotte here. I think that uh, getting a lob threat for LaMelo is a ton of fun. Maybe a little D'Antoni, you know, magic added here. Uh, they needed that defensive presence. Um, Alex, uh, is this the right move for, for Charlotte here, even though this is something we all predicted months ago? Yeah, it just makes a ton of sense. I mean, getting a, a rim running, you know, big to pair alongside LaMelo in the pick and roll uh, just makes – total sense. And um, as Albert mentioned, he's a very large human being who can catch a lob at, you know, any point and LaMelo loves to throw him. So they should be an intriguing kind of duo in that, in that two man game. Absolutely. Um, Fellas, we are going to transition um, to the next guest. I think that you guys need to take a shot here. (laughs) 
maybe. Uh, My brain is mush right now. Yeah. Try to try to figure out what's going on. Do some detective work. Come back to the chat and, uh, you know, I'm going to sleep, guys. And and if we, you know, I'll be back for pick from, 42. If we don't hear. Yet, <laughs> let's hope. All right, uh, fellas, it's it's been real. Uh, I appreciate you guys and uh, good luck the rest of the way here. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have Tyler Metcalf with us. We have Nathan Grubel here. We have uh, the Atlanta Hawks coming up on the clock. Um, good to have some guys who are not just absolutely <laughs> flustered right now on the stream. Fellas, welcome back to the show. Uh, are you sure about that? I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. I didn't say you don't know what's going on. I just said you're not flustered. There's a complete difference. Um, I, uh, I want to remind everybody in the chat that uh, our show tonight is presented by NBA Top Shot. Make sure that you head to the link that is pinned to the chat and sign up for an NBA Top Shot account because we are giving away a moment from the packs that we opened tonight and one more pack that we still have to open. The only way to get this free moment is to sign up for an NBA Top Shot account. And while you're there, buy a starter pack. It's $10 and you too can feel the excitement like you did as a kid. Maybe it was some Pokemon cards. Maybe it was some basketball cards. Maybe you're old enough that you actually collected baseball cards, but it's a good time. Make sure that you get that. Uh, the pick is in for Atlanta. Um, Adam Silver has not yet taken the stage. Nathan, what direction do you think Atlanta should go in here? Well, the pick is the pick is in. Do you do you want me to say the pick? We were not doing spoilers here, Nathan. We we talked about this. We had a meeting. I know the pick is in. I have it up on my. TV I'm shifting there. to Metcalf, yeah, Nathan. So, so, I'm so <laughs> okay, so where where I'm at in my viewing is AJ Griffin is now an Atlanta Hawk, and I think that yeah, is right. Incredible value. Um, you know, I, I have AJ as a top 10 guy. He was arguably the best shooter in the country this season. I think he's got more on-ball um, equity than he was allowed to show. I, I absolutely love this value for Atlanta. Uh, as do I. I uh, have AJ as my, the third player on my board. <laughs> I don't know if AJ had bad medicals or what, but it's hard for me to think that a guy who's six 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 seven with a seven foot wingspan the body of a tight end and was possibly the best shooter in the draft with two-way upside would fall to uh 16 otherwise here um nathan are you a buyer or seller that aj griffin can get back to the athleticism that he showed in high school or somewhere close to it um as he progresses in the nba I don't know if I'm 100% buying that, nor do I necessarily feel like I need to for him to outperform his draft stock at this point. I mean, there was plenty of buzz earlier today. If everybody was on social media checking out a lot of the mock draft updates, you saw A.J. Griffin being the one real surprise name that was falling down some of those mocks as a guy who's been a lottery guy, potentially top 10 pick. I There was so much buzz, he could have been picked as high as like number seven or, or number eight, especially to the Pelicans. And now... The Hawks are swooping in, pick up on the steal, getting him at number 16. Talk about tremendous value. Somebody who could hopefully grow into a defensive role at about 6'6", 220 pounds. We know the type of shooter he is. Man, Trey Young is going to love finding him in the corners. And you know Trey can pass him the ball. He's going to look over. A.J. Griffin's going to make that shot. 
That's just more of what Atlanta needs. And honestly, that's the direction we thought they were going to be building towards after they made that Eastern Conference Finals run. It seemed like they just had all these guys 6'6 through 6'7 that could just make open jump shots. You just keep adding to that pool of talent, right, with A.J. Griffin. Metcalf, what does this signify, if anything, for the future of the plethora of wings that Atlanta already has on its roster for Kevin Herter, uh, for uh, Bojan Bogdanovic? I mean, what does this mean for those guys? Is A.J. Griffin a replacement for maybe a, a trade to come? I, mean, I, th- I think worst case scenario, now you just have a bunch of length and versatility on the wing, which is what every you know pl- team that makes a deep run in the playoffs has. And you know that's the modern NBA right now. So I think worst case, it's like, okay, cool. We just added an elite shooter to the rotation and someone who has some potential um you know legit on ball upside um since atlanta's also been in every single trade talk or rumor that's been leaked in the last two weeks um it also seems like now kevin herter and bogdanovich might be a little more expendable as aj griffin might be one of these guys who can kind of step in and do a lot of what those guys already do from day one i i feel like uh playing next to trey young doesn't do a whole lot for my belief that AJ Griffin has a little bit more uh, ability with the ball in his hands. I'm not sure how much of that he's going to be developing early on there as I'm sure Atlanta continues to run their offense uh, through Trey. But I I do think that they need more shot creation outside of Trey. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think they need some playmaking and I don't think that AJ has shown to provide too much of that to allow Trey to play off ball. But uh what direction do we think Houston's on the clock next? What direction should they go in? Oh boy. There, there's a lot of different directions they could go. I think the, the popular name that we would all say right off the bat would probably be Tari Houston, right? I mean, they could go after another athletic forward slash wing, depending on how you classify them. Could definitely give them a little bit of an athletic upgrade in the front court. Somebody who we know can be a defensive playmaker for them. I would think he'd be the name that they're targeting at this point. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a buyer in, in Easton personally, he's higher on my board than, than this pick. So I think that that would be a move for them Metcalf, Uh, how about you? Do they have any alternatives to Tari Easton here? So I, this may seem like a reach, but I really like Dale and Terry, given that they went with Jabari Smith first overall, I think putting Terry next to Jalen green gives them a, uh, you know, an actual point guard improves their, uh, backcourt defense, um, and just improves their overall defense with, Jabari and Dalen Terry on the floor at the same time. That's a lot of fun. And, you know, Terry's defense is always what gets publicized because that's what, you know, it's incredible at six, seven being a point guard, it's super versatile. It's in your face. It's obnoxious, but he's also one of the best passers in this draft and pairing that with Jalen green and Jabari Smith's off ball shooting and Sangoon. I, I think that has a lot of potential you know, on both sides of the ball for them going forward. I I love that fit, Metcalf, and I think one of the best things about it is we, we know the Rockets need to improve defensively, right? They're, they're a young team, and a lot of playing team defense is just about having years together, experience, building that chemistry. But in order to even get that far, you need to bring guys in who are willing to defend, who are dogs who want to get down and dirty in the defensive end, right? So you already bring in Jabari Smith. You could bring in either – of Dalen Terry or Tari Eason. And now you're building your team with defenders who 
want to actually make an impact on that end of the floor to help inspire and motivate everybody else. Yeah, I love Dalen Terry. I'm thinking that he should be off the board fairly soon, whether he ends up yeah. going to to Houston or not. But um, I think those are the the two guys that make a, a lot of sense for the this Rockets team. I mean, Jabari and Jalen Green, that pick and pop combination there. I mean, talk to me a little bit, Metcalf, about how hard that is going to be to guard for the Rockets. Yeah, and it, it's going to be an absolute nightmare because you you can't really drop or else Jabari's going to leak out even farther and the big can't recover. Uh, Jalen Green showed improvement as a pick and roll operator all throughout mm-hmm. last year, and the way his passing grew is so encouraging for the long-term outlook of the Rockets offense. And, you know, we, we were fantasizing over the Jalen green Paulo pick and roll combinations that they could do. I don't think it's too different from the, the Jabari Jalen green. Obviously it's going to look a little different, but the, like you said, the, the threat of that pick and pop, because I do think Jabari is the best shooter in this draft. It's going to be really, really lethal. Uh, looks, looks like the pick is in and Tari Eason will be headed to the Houston Rockets. Nathan, you touched on this as the guy you think would fit well there with this pick. Um, talk to me about how he fits in the front court now with Alperin Shangoon and Jabari Smith Jr. Well, so both Shangoon and Jabari Smith as front court partners, I mean, their their games are better suited in the half court, right? They're not those transition guys that are going to get out of the break, these elite athletes that are really going to be pushing the pace and the tempo. If you're trying to mix and match different lineups and take advantage of some opportunities you might be able to create on the defensive end, you need someone else other than Jalen Green who's going to be able to run out and transition and actually you know, force the hand of other teams, forcing them to get back. Tari Eason's that other guy. His best offensive fit is in transition. I still have questions about what he's going to bring to the table in the half court, especially in high leverage situations, but there's no question that they will be able to take advantage of his defensive ability, his willingness to go make plays and actually get the ball out in transition, and then he'll run the floor and finish everything that he's near around the basket. Woj says that the Rockets feel that Eason is the best defender in the draft, taken by his ability to switch and play with aggression. He is one of those guys, Metcalf, that uh, has that dog in him. What do you see him doing uh, for the Rockets' defense, not necessarily early on as a rookie, but but down the line? Is he the type of guy that you're going to throw on to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and Luka Doncic and all the wings uh, out west? And lo- long-term, that's certainly the hope. Um, you know, when you filter past seasons by – uh, steal and block rates, the marks that Eason hit only like two or three guys have ever hit. So he is an incredible defensive playmaker. Um, obviously some of that is a symptom of the high pressure defense that LSU implemented, but that also speaks a lot to his strength, his timing, his instincts, his rotation. So long-term the having the switchability and the versatility of him and Jabari Smith as your two primary wing defenders, that's going to be a nightmare for opposing teams because they're going to be able to pre-switch pick and rolls. They're going to be able to switch at point of attack. They have two incredibly strong and athletic and long defenders um, that make their, you know, overall rotation so much more impressive defensively than it was yesterday. Um. 
Yeah. I, also, Tari Eason, the green suit, the money green suit. We buying or selling? What are we? What are we thinking? Because there's been some stinkers, but I kind of like Tari Eason's fit tonight. It's uh, growing on me. Yeah, arguably best suit in the draft? Question mark. It's. I think it's up there. I liked uh, Jeremy Sohan's. Uh, Chets was pretty. Was pretty uh, snazzy himself. <clears throat> uh, what do we think, Chicago? Who is on the clock? Next, what direction do they head into? Because they've been mocked uh, to take EJ Liddell, much like the Hornets were mocked to take Mark Williams for, for months now. So where do you think they are going to go with their pick, Nathan? I think EJ Liddell's probably the best fit, the most logical pick. Could they do something crazy and take a swing on somebody else? I, I personally don't see it. I don't know how many you know, crazy swings there are left to take that, you know, could still be reasonable for a team like the Bulls who are expecting to contend in the playoffs. I think EJ Liddell is a perfect plug and play option. They need somebody at that four spot. Patrick Williams, I I think you would still be a believer, Corey. You're you're the Bulls guy on the stream, but now you kind of have to answer questions about, is he actually going to be healthy to play deep in these postseasons, right? So if he's not, you're going to need another body to be able to step up and play that position next to, whichever big they, they find to back up Nikola Vucevic. So I really like the Liddell fit who still has some upside, can hit open jump shots, can defend multiple positions. I think he'd be a good fit for a playoff team. He's somebody we could see him playing playoff minutes next year. Yeah, I think he could step right in, contribute. That is something that the Bulls uh, absolutely need. I would be you know pretty happy with that kind of scenario. Uh, Patrick Williams, I am uh, – in on maybe not as in as some of the other bulls fans out in the world <laughs> but i do i do understand his fit in the modern nba when he wants to he can be as good as any prospect i think in the nba he's just one of those guys that you know he may have that Kawhi leonard like stoicism but he doesn't necessarily you know bring out the aggressiveness that that Kawhi does that robotic aggressiveness like he does but i'm still in and he's a cheap uh modern wing who could you know switch up and down the lineups and and knock down shots but i i just want the bulls to take somebody who offers versatility here I, and i know that the pick is in um for chicago but i think every team should just be asking themselves can the player i'm selecting play deep into the playoffs and if the answer is no then you should probably not select that player. Now, there's a lot of players who teams will probably talk themselves into saying this player can play deep in the playoffs, but it seems as though size, versatility, two-way play. So two-way versatility, uh, even if you're not going to be a superstar, you see what depth does, how much you need it um, to support your your main guys. Um, It looks as though... Uh, according to to Shams, uh, that the Bulls will be taking Dalen Terry from Arizona at 18, which is a guy who we talked about being a good fit earlier. I'm not going to lie. I texted a a scout that works in the league about three months ago asking if Terry was coming out. And he said, the word seems as though he's staying. I don't know. I said, well, I'm starting to get thoughts about how he could fit on the Bulls. I hope he comes out. 
I manifested it. <laughs> I'm incredibly excited about this. Uh, I think Dalen Terry is certainly a guy who has a lot to prove from just a all out production standpoint. Obviously mm-hmm. he, he didn't get the minutes that uh, you would want to see out of your first round pick. But when he was in, that dude was making some stuff happen. And now I'm picturing a lineup with Io DeSumo, Lonzo Ball, uh, Dalen Terry, Patrick Williams, and uh, maybe a, a defensive center at some point, just as like a, a unit that you could stick out there that's big and switchable and versatile. I'm thinking about the playmaking between Lonzo and Dalen, uh, allowing guys like Zach Levine to get open backdoor cuts. I'm looking at him as a little bit of insurance because Lonzo Ball's knee apparently is never going to get better. So uh, in, in the off chance that that doesn't happen, Dalen Terry, uh, Terry is very exciting to me. Metcalf, um, should I be exalting in this moment, rubbing it in the faces of our Knicks fans' colleagues who <laughs> seem mostly disappointed? Yeah, and I, I think you should be thrilled about this pick because I, the, the big downfall for the Bulls last year, well, one of them was injuries. And Dalen Terry immediately provides that same kind of versatility in the backcourt and length and size that the Bulls really missed down the stretch of the season. So at worst, he's an insurance policy and a great depth piece. Uh, At best, that shot kind of comes around and we're talking about a really nasty, versatile 6-7 point guard who can defend multiple positions, set up any cutters or shooters he wants, and then knock down shots at a reliable clip. So I I think the upside with this kid is really, really impressive. Um, His competitiveness, the way he plays, his work ethic, his motor on the court, it's all evident. It's all really impressive. Um, He was someone I was kind of hoping would fall to the Timberwolves here, but I, I, I think this is a really good pick, just improving the overall versatility for the Bulls. Nathan, talk to me about what Dale and Terry brings from an energy perspective. Uh, is he the number one kind of energy guy in this class? He He's definitely up there. He's certainly with any other name we could throw out. I mean, it seems like every time he does something on the court, he's either flexing or throwing up a fist pump. So, I mean, that, that type of energy, I think you want that in Chicago. Corey, are you guys about to have a guard quartet of Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, like, holy smokes, the defense yeah. that you guys are going to have in the backcourt with those two, Terry, Iodesumu. I mean, good God, who wants to go up against that backcourt every single night? Talk about insurance. You have plug-and-play options in there defensively on that side of the ball anyway. And I think if Dale and Terry's shot comes around, isn't the combination of him and Al Caruso really fun? Don't they kind of take advantage of what each other does really well if Dale and Terry can shoot? I mean, Caruso is one of the most willing cutters at the guard spot that we have in the NBA. Dalen Terry is a guy who can find those cutters. And then in turn, Caruso is somebody who can penetrate, get in the paint, kick it out. And if Terry's wide open for the shot, or he's smart enough to make the extra pass, whip it to the corner, and then you're finding, what, Zach Levine open for an open shot or whoever yeah. up there at the forward spot. He, getting guys like that who are big, long, makes it happen on the defensive end and keeps the ball moving. That's what every team wants if they're competing in the playoffs. Great pick. Connectors, connectors. Uh, But guys. Again? We have a Woj bomb. The Minnesota Timberwolves have moved back to the 22nd uh, and 29th pick where Memphis is moving up to acquire the number 19th pick where they will select 
Jake Laravia out of wow. 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 This is a this was a good Woj bomb right here. First of all, shout out to our guy Jake Laravia, who was cool enough to allow no ceilings to come watch him work out, um, interview him. Great kid. I'm excited for him to head to Memphis and play with John ja Morant and uh Jaron Jackson Jr. and talk about connectors. I mean, the the epitome of the modern connector, six eight one of the best cutters in the draft. I mean, talk about what he did with Alondis Williams as a cutter. Now he gets to do that with Joffrey and Morant. I mean, <laughs> talk about walking into a good situation, but we have a Timberwolves fan on this stream. So Metcalf, I need you to, what, how are you feeling here? You, you got two picks out of this, uh, out of the spot. And I don't think Laravia would have been one of the guys the Timberwolves were targeting necessarily. So it seems as though you might still have a shot getting whoever the Timberwolves were targeting while also acquiring another pick. How are we feeling? Uh, a, li- a little worried because the guy I was hoping they were targeting, EJ Liddell, was sitting there. So, hey, sure. why not just take him? And now we, we get to f- play the fun waiting game of let's hope no one takes EJ Liddell until pick <laughs> 22, um, which I don't love playing the odds of. So I, I'm a little worried of who that may suggest is at the top of their board um, and what that means for my sanity and <laughs> you know, heart health going forward. Sure. So I, I, I'm I'm a little mixed bag of emotions with that. I, I think the guy that made a lot of sense was sitting there. So I, I, I don't love the trade, but if they're valuing guys and or based on their board and they had like 82 guys in to work out, if they didn't think anyone was worthy of that 80 or of that 19th pick at that point and they get an extra first round pick. Okay. I just got to live with it and uh, cross my fingers for picks 22 and 29 here. Well, look, we still have both Ohio State guys on the board. I know you're a fan mm-hmm. of both. Um, there's a lot of talented players. What we've talked about is we think this is a depth draft. We think this is a yep. depth draft with guys who can play. So, uh, you know, just sit, relax, and be patient here. Listen, as- my, my dream for Metcalf's misery is still on the board where they have two first-round picks. Oh, don't they do take Walker Kessler and Don't Blake do this Wesley to me. With both of Why? What did, what did I do to you? What did I do to you? <sighs> At least you won't be on screen for that if that happens, Metcalf. That is true. Uh, San Antonio is on the clock with the 20th pick. Um, what direction are the Spurs heading in here? They took Jeremy Sohan uh, earlier in the draft with the ninth pick. What do they need and, and where are they going? God, I mean, listen, Corey, I I know guard may not be the most immediate need for the Spurs, but by my board, I mean, Malachi Branham's still there. I had Malachi Branham as the 11th ranked prospect on my board, a lottery level player. Can, can, do they really pass on somebody like him? Like, I, I don't know what other direction they really want to go. I mean, they could they could reach for a big. They could go grab another type of point guard. They could get EJ Liddell and draft him away from the Timberwolves, despite Metcalf. Not Thank you. I, I appreciate all the kind words. They could, they could go for like a Marjan Beauchamp. But by value on my board, what I would do at this point I would take Malachi Brennan, the best talent available, and just kind of figure it out later. Um, they could also take a trip overseas and maybe take one of the international guys, perhaps. Uh, there's a lot of options. 
for the San Antonio Spurs. Nikola Jovic is destined to go to the Nuggets, Corey. Don't don't let <laughs> that not happen. I know double negative, but thankfully, thankfully, if that happens, you will be the one who is breaking that <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> that way you can deal uh, with all of those jokes and trying to say Jovic and Jokic, you know, three times fast on, on camera. If, uh, if you could do that, maybe we'll give away a piece of uh, no ceilings merch on top of the top shot stuff um, live on camera. If Jovic goes to the nuggets uh, Metcalf, what do you think the, the Spurs should do here? And shooting. Um, I, I love Branham. Um you know, even more of a, pro- a guy who is a little more of a project like Max Christie, I think could make some sense. Uh, Jaden Hardy a little bit. I'm a little lower on him. Um, but then just my wild card, you mentioned international guys, Gabriel Prochita. I, yes. they, I, I love that fit. Viva uh, Italia. The, the off ball shooting, the size. Um, I think he's a solid defender. So I don't know. I, I, I think at least they just need to add some shooting from their wings. Uh, the Timberwolves are also sending a future second round pick to Memphis as an upgrade. Yeah, it seems as though uh, a guy like Branham um, makes a lot of sense there as yeah. a versatile shooter, playmaker, methodical, very Spursian. Uh, Prochita, a guy we're all high on uh, at no there, ceilings. There is and- one more name. I mean, Wass, Wass threw it out today. Um, one of his tweets was that if there is one guy he could bet on possibly going ahead of some green room guys – It'd be one of the more out of do. I know that might be a little high for for our blood, but does he kind of make some sense there? Um, I think Wendell Moore can. You could talk yourself into making sense almost any team. You know, he. Yeah. I think he has the Io Dosumu case where he's a big guard who plays defense, knocks down shots, and you know can serve as a secondary tertiary playmaker for your team. But it appears that the pick is in, um, and it appears that it is Malachi Branham, one of the guys off the Great board. Pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, now, Nathan, I want you to to hang out um, for a little bit, but we're going to send you backstage because Metcalf and I, we have to get to a little business. Our friends at NBA Top Shot gave us some packs to open, all right? So uh, we're going to see you in just a few minutes, um, but we're going to put you backstage. Metcalf, are, uh, are you ready to... Oh, I'm pumped open up live on camera an nba top shot pack yes sir i'm very excited all right we we've gotten uh some really fun moments so far we are absolutely crushing um this this top shot experience and we are off to the races here all right we're gonna get the music on and let's open our pack We have four more moments. Metcalf, where should we go? Let's go top left. Top left. All right. We're starting starting at the beginning. We had a dunk from the magic. Mo Bamba. I still believe in Mo Bamba. I I, I still believe that's a nice dunk. Catch a body. Catch a body. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. So is there a player that resembles Mo in this draft? Oh. 
maybe Ishmael Kamagate, though, just kind of oh, the way he moves yeah. if, if that jumper comes along. Um, I, he's a little raw, may take a little more time to uh, kind of get there. Um, and then Walker Kessler, too, just big shot. Combination? Dude. Oh, yeah. Little, little combo there. All right. I'm going oh, yeah. bottom. Middle, bottom middle. We got a dunk. Oh, a Giannis. Oh. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Oh. And it's against the Celtics, throwing it right oh. in Rucker's face. Off the backboard. Let's oh, get no. it. Let's get it. Oh, Just it was so rude live, but it's so much better on replay. Uh, if you were, you know, oh had the sound on on the ESPN stream, your draft comp would be Chet. I'm not even going to throw that <laughs> question out because Giannis no. is an absolute one of one. So we are not, we're not going through that exercise. Uh, but Thanasis, even with the celebration, there, you're getting the whole experience. <laughs> this is a, a, an amazing, and you get the playoff moment. I oh. love that. Um, all right, top right. We got two more moments here uh, before we shift oh, over. Oh, Drew Holiday. A, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. that was oh. a, that was a huge, oh, for, for huge moment. That was a huge, huge moment there in the playoffs. Game-saving oh. block. Do we have any Drew Holiday type guys in this draft? Oh, I I don't think so. I, I don't think anyone's. Maybe Johnny Davis is probably the closest one to it. Yes, I similar body type, similar intensity. That, I think length. I like yeah. that Johnny plays like. Um, he's very ambidextrous, and that's a playoff moment yeah. for us. We got two playoff bucks moments here. Uh, awesome. And let's reveal our final moment in the set. Phoenix Suns, Bismack Piombo. <laughs> Not the best screen set, but he did catch that body. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he caught the body. Yeah, oh, he, what yes, are you he doing? Here you go. Yeah. You can't be that yeah. late. That's, see, that's, that's when you got to do the Jalen Williams... Uh, from Arkansas, just take the charge there, or or just just run away, just run straight to the bench. Yeah, it's, make a it's business not gonna work decision. Out. Do we have who's the Bismack Biombo? Uh, very similar, I think, to Mobamba. Maybe just a guy who can come in, play defense, block some shots. Um, I, I'm gonna go real deep. Probably a guy who is more of a UDFA target. Uh, I'm gonna say Kofi Coburn. Just huge body. Yeah, just un, unmovable in the paint. Um, you know, just put him out there. To screen, get in the way, do a little bit of the dirty work. I like it. Um, make sure that you head to the link that is pinned to the top of the chat. Sign up for NBA Top Shot and enter yourself in the no ceilings Top Shot moment giveaway sweepstakes that will be uh, going down in the second round. Uh, it's free to sign up. And then while you're there, you get in on the action too. Open up it's a free. pack, feel the excitement. Um that we well the pack you're gonna pay ten dollars for the pack but signing up is free but feel the excitement that we felt um right now we're gonna bring our friend nathan grubel back to host and we are gonna bring in tyler rucker your better half along with maxwell back onto the stream um that's gonna do it for us for now we will be back later on for more of the madness uh nathan welcome back Thanks, Corey. Thanks for bringing me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, th this crew, here he is. Oh, Let's go, boys. Oh, I've been waiting for my turn to jump back in here. Let's let's have a little fun. How are we oh, doing? This, <sighs> cast, this cast feels familiar. I, I should say welcome to the Draft People podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a different feed, but Tyler Rucker, Maxwell, oh, 
How are you guys doing? Rucker, you haven't been on the, the stream in a little bit here. You've kind of been casually sitting back, working on some stuff behind the scenes. But now you're back on the stream. You're back in front of a camera. What is going on? <laughs> I mean, hey. And basically from pick 11 all the way up through now, we've had multiple trades. The Knicks don't know what they're doing. The Hornets gave Duran to the Pistons. Like, what? What, what's going on? What, what's been probably your biggest takeaway of the last 10 picks before we get into the Nuggets pick? I mean, Troy, Troy Weaver and Sam Presti, I, I've been absolutely impressed with. Um, shocker. I feel like those guys are playing chess during the draft while everyone else is playing checkers. But I, I've been really impressed with the haul that Weaver came away with. And then it, what Presti was able to do with those picks and, you know, also getting another pick in that lottery after he traded one a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it's just fantastic. I, I've been, this has been crazy. We thought this was going to be a crazy night. It's yeah, been well, just complete yeah. anarchy and there's a lot of value still on the board and it's only going to get more. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of value, hang on Rucker. I, mm -hmm. I, I know Maxwell wants to jump in here, but I have to go back to Rucker for this one because the Nuggets pick is in Christian Brown, our son, Gamer. Christian Brown Gamer. drafted to the Denver Nuggets at 21. Yep. Much higher that I think people would have anticipated about a month ago for him going. I mean, listen, when, when Sam Vecini comes on my podcast and, and trashes Brown just, just a little bit, just a little bit, then moves him all the way up his board into the 20s, I start feeling pretty good about my evaluation for Brown. And, and Rucker, I think by your board and sort of the conversations you and I had, you were a little bit higher on Brown even than I was. So, so talk to me about his fit in Denver. Well, I, I feel like I've even said this a couple of times to you, Nathan, on the Draft Deeper podcast is, is I thought Brown was just going to be a guy that playoff teams were wanting. He was yeah. going to be everything that you were looking for in a wing that plays smart, that does the little things that might not show up in a box score, but he's got good size. He's a much better shooter than his numbers might show you. He's improved every year. He's tough. He He's confident. He's not going to be scared stepping into that locker room as a rookie. He's That's a great addition. For the Nuggets, I, I really do like that piece. Another asset to your rotation. He's a guy that can play playoff minutes. I mean, he's just an absolute gamer, and, and he's going to be ready to roll for Denver. I, I really do like that pick. Maxwell, talk to me about Christian Brown. Talk to me about what you think about his game, his fit. What, was this the direction you thought Denver would go, like taking a shot on a wing? Uh, I, I think it makes sense. I kind of thought they might lean a little more guard creator-ish just because a lot of their backcourt guys are, are kind of aging out a little bit outside of your bones and your, your Jamal Murray types. Um, I don't I don't dislike this pick at all, though. Um, something I really like about Christian Brown that I think scales so well to the playoffs, and you saw it at the Combine, he didn't have his best game, and he still was one of the best players on the floor. Yes. He just has yep. so many ways that he can impact the game. He's willing to get his hands dirty. He's willing to rebound. He's a, he's a very productive defender for a guy who isn't great laterally. He, he just reads that side of the ball very well. He's got some good vertical pop. And, and like I said, too, I thought they might lean more playmaker. He's a really savvy guy off the bounce. He's got to get better with his first step attacking a closeout. He tends to swing his hip really wide and that kind of slows down his momentum heading toward the basket. Um, but he's a guy that he's going to shoot the cover off the ball. He's going to, he's going to make the gritty plays. He's going to play defense. He's going to find the right man. He's just a nice solid piece to add to a playoff team.
Listen, by the numbers, he was one of the better transition wings that we have in this draft class. Even if Denver isn't always playing up and down basketball anymore, taking advantage of that altitude with Jokic man in the team, when Jokic is off the floor, they probably do want to take advantage of that altitude in those home games a little bit. Christian Brown does give you that in transition. You mentioned some of the playmaking, Maxwell. I mean, just because he isn't born to, to you know run pick and roll sets every single trip down the floor doesn't mean he doesn't offer some of that secondary playmaking value as well oh oh man i know why Rutgers giving me that face yep try not to hide it but this I just is like it. so Metcalf, about two minutes ago i love you i'm no, giving you a thanks. hug i'm sorry so about two minutes ago i was just on the stream This is this is a Woj bomb. This is part of the trade that already happened. So okay, okay, okay. Me- Memphis, Memphis essentially ma- is is making this pick now. Well, they were. Now they flopped the pick. They went to nineteen. Minnesota got twenty two and twenty nine. So this pick is going to Minnesota. Two minutes ago on the stream, I made a comment to Corey Metcalf that my dream for Metcalf's misery was on the board. What if the Timberwolves took Walker Kessler and Blake Wesley with both of those picks now? What's interesting about this, guys, is we might not think this is the best fit for the Timberwolves on paper, but there's been speculation about this for like two weeks, right? We've seen all the ESPN mock draft updates. Jonathan Gavoni's putting Walker Kessler to the Timberwolves, making a Twin Towers type of argument, right? That the Timberwolves needed more interior size. They needed more rebounding presence. They needed shot blocking down low. And when you have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who still gives you secondary size next to Kessler, who also spaces the floor and lets Kessler either go to work in the paint on post-ups or being sort of like a diver to the rim. There's that opportunity for those two to coexist. I, I still question the defensive fit because of Towns, but if this is where they want to go, I mean, you can make that old school Twin Towers argument and just want to stack the deck with as much size as possible. Rucker, do you, do you have any immediate takeaways on on this, I know, I know, I'm a little puzzled. Where, where are you at? I, you know, I kind of I understand the the theory and the thinking behind it. I've been a guy that's been a, a lot lower on Walker Kessler throughout this whole process, especially at no ceilings. But I get the idea of putting him potentially next to someone like Carl Anthony Towns, and also that this is a tough team that's continuing to take strides defensively. This is getting another defensive big man that can yeah. really do some damage and help you early on as a rotation guy, if anything. So. Um, Maxwell, what do you think? Are, are you are you buying in on the Walker Walker Ranger? Oh, Maxwell Walker was not Kessler Ranger. Buying the dead. No. So, so here's <laughs> the thing. I think offensively, it's fine. I think offensively, the idea of like he is inside, Towns is outside. Right. That's right. Fine. The problem with twin towers is that towers do not move side to side, which is the problem with both Walker Kessler as well as Carl Anthony Towns. I it's just two guys that can get completely cooked in space. So yeah. depending on the lineup, I there's going to be teams you can play it against. I don't know that I draft Walker Kessler above some of these guys on this board at this point to experiment with it. To me, it's just it's way too rich to take him this high to begin with, but when you have some of the upside guys left on the board and just to like do it as an experiment, it just it just puts such a bad taste in my mouth. So Maxwell uh, we, we have a little bit of a Woj bomb here. I don't okay. know who's going to put the graphic on the screen, but we, again, but we, we have. There it is. He did give us the fire on the screen. So we are, we are Philly guys. That's why I'm calling you yep. specifically. We are 76ers fans. They are not keeping pick 23. 
they are moving pick 23 to the Memphis Grizzlies. We're bringing home DeAnthony Melton, baby. That, mm-hmm. that to me, that's one of these trades I wanted to see happen with pick 23. If we're, if we're really going to move off that pick to avoid taking one of the younger backcourt guys, maybe, maybe Dale and Terry going higher than anticipated um, led to the moving of this pick. Maybe when Malachi Brandon slid a little bit, but then ultimately went off the board. Maybe that's why they were calling around looking for a trade. We know that Daryl Morey was looking to potentially shop the pick along with Thibault all along, but mm-hmm. maybe the pressure came out a little bit when they saw how the board fell. And given some of the backcourt options, Maxwell, that are still left on the board, I don't know if any of them are going to be better, at least in the short term, to help a playoff team than De'Anthony Mellon. What are your thoughts? I would agree with that. And I think that um, a lot of us on, on Sixers Twitter were kind of hoping that, like, you know, a couple years in a row we've gotten this this draft Twitter favorite. You know, it was Tyrese Maxey. It was Jaden Springer. And, you know, now with trading the pick, it didn't happen. But we're essentially going back in time and getting the draft Twitter guy of 2018 and DeAnthony Melton. So we're still getting a draft Twitter guy. We're just getting them several years after the fact. Um, <laughs> I like that. So, I, so I think it's still a win on that front. Um, and I, I really like DeAnthony Melton. I think he's a really solid plug-and-play guy uh, for their team, and I am shocked that this is who has been taken with the pick. Boys, look at what just happened with 23. You know who's going to Memphis? David, I got a boat in my gut. Roddy is going to Memphis. Holy smokes. David Roddy, thick city. I, I it, it, This is the weird pick by Memphis that all of a sudden it clicks for yeah, Memphis and he's is. perfect for them. It's just, this is They'll the weird one. Out. Like Shout someone like Memphis Michael would Bitt do this. Right to Ricky Sanchez for David. I'm going to vote Roddy even being a thing, but it, um First of all, I do love I, I do love the DeAnthony Melton addition by Philly. I think that's going to be a very underrated move because they need someone that's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. Um, and he's he's very he's one of the more underrated guys in the league. David Roddy in the first round here at what twenty three? Whoa, whoa, boys! See, there was someone someone was going to buy into it. Someone was going to be a believer of the hey, he's undersized, but and he's. He's built like a power forward, but six, five, but, but he can move. He can do some, some things that are special. And if he could, if you're convinced it could work, I get, I understand it. But Maxwell, you wrote about him at no ceilings, right? Like what, what are you thinking? Are you, are you just shocked? I am because he yeah. fell out of my top 60, but I think same. Oh, I, so you really I, like him then here. Well, yeah, at no, I, I think there is a chance he could work. Like it, it just yeah. all depends on the scheme. And I think in Memphis, I can make it make sense in my head. If you have like Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson and all these other mobile defenders on the floor, you are going to be able to hide him a lot easier. Right. He actually does a better job covering smaller players than I expected. And he's able to keep guys on his chest. Um, his closeouts are just a disaster though. Like he has the worst closeout film of any player in this class by a mile. Um, so he's going to have to get used to that. Um, but I think they do just have enough like switchable bouncy bigs around him that you can kind of cover for some of the defensive flaws. I, I, I don't know what to make about that. Is, is, is this the Josh Primo pick from last year that makes me go grab a shot glass and just, <laughs> no, because because I I think Maxwell's spot on. I think this is trying to hide. Like, if you're convinced your your roster can hide someone's weaknesses and he can still be an asset where he's contributing at a high level, I get the Roddy swing. It, 
Mm-hmm. I was always convinced, like as pull, I had him way lower. I probably had him in the forties or something. But I was like, some playoff team is going to say, we can use this guy. Like this is a unique mm-hmm. weapon for us. And, and like Maxwell's saying, if you think about it now, and you're like, you surround him with those high defensive type of guys, maybe it can work. But it, it again, it's it's the same conversation we just had with Walker Kessler. It's it's an experiment, and, and there's a lot of value still on the board. Roddy could be a heck of a weapon. He could be a a Grant Williams idea. It, it's, that's what Memphis could that, be thinking. He's like, that, oh, this well, could be Grant Williams. back in here really quick, I just yeah. want to say that the 76ers also moved Danny Green as a part of that trade. So Danny okay. Green All right. Or, listen, we got we got rid of Danny Green's old knees having to try and run up and down the floor now. So we're, 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 mm-hmm. we're rolling. That's fine. And Danny Green gets to be trending on Twitter again. So he's breaking the Hall of Fame of, of social media. <laughs> I love it. Shout out, Danny. Um, we, we, we love Danny. We love yeah. Danny. Mm-hmm. But go, go ahead, Maxwell. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the other thing with this is that Memphis is in a position where they have so much depth mm-hmm. that I don't mind them taking this kind of gamble here. Like they have so many good young pieces that it's like, all right, well, we could just roll the dice on this David Roddy thing. And if it doesn't work out, we were still the, like had one of the best records in the NBA. If not, like, where did they rank? Did they have the best record last year? Were they the one or no, they were the two no. seed in the West. Yeah, they were the two. So, so you're one of the best teams in the league already. So it's, it's, if it doesn't pan out, the stakes are low. Or if you're in Minnesota, it's like, uh, like we were barely in the playoffs. Like we, we had all these struggles. We still have these positional needs. It's different to me when you're experimenting and that experiment is on a, like a low value position guy um, worth Roddy. It's like, all right, I, I can, I can talk myself into it. So I can talk myself into it. If doing some of this movement eventually being able to free up some of the salary that was even acquired in it as well. Is this to be able to re-sign Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson? Because if it is, I can see where they're going. But my only concern with them getting back Roddy, who I, I don't buy that he's going to be able to create any offense himself at a high level. He's a catch-and-shoot guy, right, at the next level. You're, you're shipping out the door to Anthony Melton, who can create some offense on the ball. And we already looked at the Grizzlies last year in the playoffs – so much pressure was on John Moran's shoulders to do everything for that team off the bounce. So if they're definitely going to keep Tyus Jones, you can talk me into getting potentially one of the better catch-and-shoot guys in the draft to help the playoff team. If not, then I really want to see the direction where Memphis is going. It looks like Milwaukee, the pick is in. Adam Silver's announced this election. Don't, don't, take, don't take who they're going to take. I know who they're going to take. Marjan Beauchamp. I love Ooh. it. I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I love when guys cry. Right. Yes, and Beauchamp's journey <laughs> Beauchamp's journey's been so dope. I love this. This is great. And we mm-hmm. all couldn't figure out, but we were rooting for him. Yes, I'm sorry. You, no, you're you're all good. You know, before I kick it over to you, Rucker, you know why I love this pick for Milwaukee? Milwaukee is one of these teams. They know what their identity is. Yes. What do they do the best? They play the best offensively in transition, and they defend the best in transition. Marjan Beauchamp's one of the better athletes in this class at the wing spot who does both of those things tremendously, regardless of how you feel about some of his half-court offense, regardless of how you feel about some of his one-on-one man defense. That guy sprints back the floor on the floor. He sprints up the floor. He gets after it. He can finish on the break. He's really good at trapping guys, forcing turnovers. This, is, this just seems to me like an upside play on somebody who – actually fits what the Bucks do well. And this is just a team drafting to their identity. I love it. What do you think? I I absolutely love it. I think it's a great fit for the Bucks because right exactly what you're hinting at, Nathan, like this is 
they're going to get Bochamp in there. They're going to bring him along and they're going to put him in their rotation off the bench. And they're just going to be like, run wild and do what you do. Be a garbage man, make the extra hustle plays. And he's going to be a pest for all these teams that have to yes, deal with this, this guy off the bench that just plays like there's no tomorrow because that's what Bochamp's path to the NBA has been. I mean, it's been ups and downs. It's been challenges. I'm not saying every other guy hasn't had that, but Bochamp, like, I believe this is a guy that was almost given up basketball. So like, that's yeah. how crazy it's been. And to see the the improvements he took with the G league, like I loved watching him. It was just one of those guys because he's an older prospect. You're trying to figure out where is his fit in the, in the draft and Milwaukee got a good one. I, I, I really do think that's a great spot for him. And I think Bucks fans are going to love him. Maxwell, we're, we're, we're paying attention to the ESPN broadcast. We're seeing Marjan just, cry in tears of joy mm-hmm. literally live yeah on- talk to me about not only your evaluation of Bochamp and what your thoughts mm-hmm. on how his game fits but also just some of your positivity and some of your thoughts of joy when you see somebody who as Rucker talked about his journey has been incredible he's worked so hard to get to this moment to not only be drafted by an NBA team but also go to an organization with real championship aspirations the Bucks are going to be right mm-hmm. back there again next year yeah, and, and that's why he makes sense. I mean, this is a guy that does all of the little things. He's a, he's an incredibly savvy passer around the elbow. He's going to mix it up. He guards down well. He guards up well because he's really strong. He's he's going to be a good fit in there. And, and that journey that he's had is just one of those things that, that really makes you believe in a player. Like, this is a guy who, you know, got wrapped up in the, the chameleon BX experiment that you know, nearly basically caught, like thought it was going to cost some college eligibility. Maxwell Lewis, by the way, at Pepperdine next year, part of that same program. Keep an eye on him. Put a little bookmark in Maxwell Lewis for next you year's animal. draft. You're an animal. Uh, you, you draft sickos. But, He's already throwing it out. We're not even done. You're an animal. But, We're not even but, through the first round. You're throwing us <laughs> sleepers like, for next yeah, year. Yeah. So, but Bochamp, like just the fact that like he has that level of resilience and that refusal to quit in him is exactly what a team like the Bucks is looking for. Like they're looking for a guy that they know like, Hey, if, if this league punches you in the mouth, how are you going to respond to it? Because you're a playoff team and you're committing to, to at least two years of salary on a guy. Um, so when they see a guy like Bochamp, they know like this is a guy who's going to respond well to adversity and he's going to fit in really well there. Um, he's a better screener than, than you would anticipate for somebody his size. Um, but just the way he attacks the basket, the way he rebounds, it kind of reminds me of Pat Connaughton a little bit in terms of just like another guy who yes. isn't the biggest, doesn't look like he's going to jump out of the gym, but he does. And he gets in there and mixes it up. Um, he's just going to scrap the, the bucks. Just love these guys that play in the mud. And he's one of those guys. Do, do you want to know what surprises me before we get to the Spurs pick? That pick is evidently in hasn't been announced yet. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but did you, did either of you guys have on the bingo card, Dyson Daniels and Marshawn Beauchamp going ahead of Jane Harden tonight. Did either of you guys have that on your bingo? No. That, that, that does surprise me a, a little bit. What are some of your thoughts on that record? Because I know that right, Hardy might not have ended up the highest on your board, but I think you were still a Hardy defender, a, as was I. I didn't have him in the lottery, but I had him close enough to it. What, what do you think about his fall and where he could possibly go coming up here? I think that uh, just because we have guys ranked higher on our boards – Intel is everything and it it's kind of telling you the story. Like we we've said this throughout the year, multiple times, all of us is like, I had Hardy, I think 16th. Am I shocked? He's still on the board a little, but not that much because I, it's just Intel. This is teams. If they're, if you interview poorly and it gets around, 
this is what happens. This is, this is your fall. And, and we got guys like Ty Ty Washington still on the board. Other guys like that. It's just not surprising to me, but I think there gets a range where um, the, the, the upside's worth the swing. But Bochamp, I, I think, was a guy that teams were going to be in love with because he has those intangibles. He has the, I'm going to do everything you want. Like, coaches this, are going to love him range. too. He's a yeah, like you were going to. Coaches are going to eat him up in practice. Like they're going to just see him hustling like crazy and be like, "I want to give that guy minutes because he's playing so hard." Blake Wesley is now off the board before Jaden Hardy, the Spurs pick at twenty-five. Blake Wesley. I didn't know Wesley went with the James Bond look. Now I actually like him. Ugh. Man, he is so slick. He's so smooth. He's I, he's so slick and he's so so smooth on the court. As well, at times, at times. I won't yes. say all the time. Rucker's going to come in here and, and be the pessimist a little bit on the offensive end. Like, Wesley, calm, calm down. Slow your roll just a tad. But, listen, he the, are, are we a little surprised the Spurs have now went guard twice? Like, they went they went Suhan, right? So, they, they went for a forward who can complement another big if they get the DeAndre and sweepstakes. They have so many different options in the backcourt. You take Branham, who I love the Branham pick. I thought that was excellent value, getting somebody who was ranked mm-hmm. 11th on my board all the way down to 20. You take another guard in Blake Wesley. You just took Josh Primo last year. Maxwell, what what the heck are the, the Spurs doing? Taking it's, a, it's a lot of guards, and I kind of like Blake Wesley, I think, more than a lot of other people on our crew. I And I'm not going to like defend his college production or the fact that he – horrifically struggles at the rim. I think the appeal with Blake Wesley is he scored unassisted a lot when he was not expected to. And he was entrusted on a veteran laden Notre Dame team. Like when they got a rebound, he was the guy they looked to kick it to, even though he was an unheralded freshman recruit. Um, as far as a fit goes though, I, I just don't, I know that he's the guy you want to develop. And I think regardless of which team took him, you wanted to put him in the G league. Um, but they just got a lot of guys at these positions now. Um, so he's going to find himself in a tough, tougher situation than I think he thought. If you were like the one, uh, you know, developmental project guard wing hybrid, it would be one thing, but you've got Josh Primo already ahead of you. Um, it's you've got DeJounte Murray making an all-star team. You've got Malachi Branham in the mix. who's a lot more polished out of the gate. It's a lot of competition for him. Rucker, this this trade could make more sense if DeJounte Murray's on the move. And we heard yeah. rumblings about that the last few days. Does taking two of these guards kind of signal that more change is coming in that backcourt? I don't I don't think so. Um I, I like their draft a lot because I think I do too. Um Branham, you know, it, it is great value there. I, I also think like we were talking about him at one point of like, Hey, he could go a wild card at nine. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. so like, and I love the Sohan pick. I think that's great. That's a classic Spurs. Like, yeah, we'll take the versatile guy. We'll figure him out. We'll unlock it. And getting Wesley at where you got him. Like, I, I know I haven't been a humongous Wesley supporter, but I think at that point where it's, this is our third pick. The value is too high. The swing is there. Like, Blake Wesley ain't going to go to the Spurs and just shoot like crazy. They're going to be like, hey, we're going to slow you down and and make you develop the right way and play the game. The Spurs just need to find guys. Like, they're just building depth to hopefully click and hit on one or two guys. Like, I don't think that roster's set where it's like you have to avoid these players. And and I think Murray's going to stay. I I think – the Spurs are like, yeah, you can have them for three first. 
if you want to give us three first round picks, you can have anyone you want. But <laughs> I mean, I still think just San Antonio is in a position of keep adding talent, just keep developing and hope that one or two guys click and you have something. 